Hey, everybody, and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever it is that you're joining us. It's a beautiful day here in Connecticut, and whether you've realized it or not, you are listening to the Uncurated Catholic Show, where we celebrate the random, the messy, and the real. I am your host, Torin Burke, and I'm so happy to have you to join me for this second episode. You're all very much still on the ground floor of this thing, and just in case anybody got the wacky idea that this is some sort of professional operation, I spent about 10 minutes diagnosing muffled audio only to realize my microphone was not plugged in, so that's the kind of thing we're dealing with here. If you missed our introductory episode, I'd encourage you to go check it out. But right here, each and every week, we're going to chat about God, life, tree felling, tennis, unicorns versus Sasquatch, recycling, whatever else the Lord puts on my heart, all in the time it takes me to drink my morning coffee. So grab yourself a cup of whatever works for you. Before we begin today's show, make sure you check out my work at www.torrenburke.com, or you can always follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Let's get to it. This morning, I've got my iced latte, compliments of a local shop here in town, and it's the weirdest thing, you know. Now you have to you have to call ahead, you have to drive up, you've got masked employees running back and forth. Especially during this time of COVID-19, all the more we want to support our local businesses in whatever way we can, while being safe, of course. When my wife and I moved into our home not that not that long ago, a couple months back in November, one of the first things we looked for was a local coffee shop, and we fell in love with this one immediately. Although for a while, they had those paper straws, you, you know the ones, the ones that get soggy like after a minute after you start sipping. You know, everything has its purpose. And let's just face the fact that the movement of liquids is not papers. But anyway, so they have these paper straws. And just recently, they actually switched to these biodegradable ones that seem a little bit more plasticky, but apparently are way safer for sea life. So we're super psyched to give them business and to support them in whatever way we can. But speaking of supporting our local businesses, how could we not chat about this whole COVID-19 situation? And since this is the Uncurated Catholic Show, I thought we'd take a stab at it from the perspective of us normal folks, right, who have been dealing with it in whatever ways are appropriate to us for the last however many months. The first thing that I've been dealing with is the fact that I have no actual idea what on earth is going on. And this is a this is a theme that will come up again, I'm sure, if we ever chat about media or how information gets around, right? But any casual glance at social media or any news outlet, you can really so easily find contradictory claims for everything. You know, in, in one area you see, you know, a, a praising review of leadership response, in another area you see complete ridicule of the same leadership response. One area you see you know, a real positive outlook for the future. Another area, using the same data, right, you see a very negative outlook for the future, right? We're hearing all sorts of reopening strategies. We need to stay closed for this long, for that long. You know, we need to reopen tomorrow. We should have never closed, whatever, right? I am, you know, just more than happy to step forward and just say, I have no way of knowing the truth of any of it. And I think that's really the thing that's hitting me most hard. I want to be safe, of course, you know, but I, I don't really know how to be truly safe. I want to continue my work, right? But I, I don't really know how to do that. 
I, I want to dialogue with people about important things surrounding the whole situation, but I don't really know what is important and what is not. I think one of the, the biggest ways that I'm really feeling this balancing act, if you will, is when it comes to my teaching. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time and you, you didn't listen to the introductory episode, right? Part of what I do is I, I teach in a parochial school setting and normally, right, I'm spending this time in the classroom dialoguing with the kids, kind of walking with the kids and kind of overnight, we've had to kind of rework the way that we do this. And I have nothing but the, but the utmost of support and love for these parents who overnight find themselves homeschool parents, right? Homeschool teachers having to not only deal with the stresses of maybe lock of last or loss of work or um, maybe an illness in the family, either COVID or something other, you know, <laughs> other sicknesses are still around us as much as we're so focused on this one. It's truly a difficult thing. And it's kind of so inspiring to see how many are really adapting and overcoming, but also heartbreaking to see how many are not. And so I'm really feeling this balancing of, okay, we want the kids to be safe, of course, but I also have a responsibility to teach them. And I know as much as we want to maybe overlook it, that this distance education, right, especially with these younger grades is not at all the same thing. It really is not adequate. Um, the standards have to be lessened and loosened and lowered in so many different ways and in so many different areas that while we're trying our best to think that this is um, what's happening now is kind of equal with what's going on in a live classroom is is utterly silly. It's utterly silly. I've had students reach out who are just feeling so lost with the material because they miss one message or they miss one live chat or they miss you know one digital this or digital that. And it kind of creates this downhill spiral where they just get so far behind, right? And through phone and through web chat or whatever the case may be to get them up to speed, it's hard. It's so hard, right? Especially when these kids are left without a parent at home, right? The essential workers are still working. And so these kids are kind of left to their own devices. Well, what do you think is going to happen? You think they're going to really you know, be super mindful of, of their studies? No. I mean, they're missing their friends and they're missing their normal day-to-day -day as well. So this balancing between the safety of the students and giving them the very best that we can as teachers, I find myself really, really conflicted in this area, right, amongst other things. But ultimately, I just don't know what's what, right? So that's that's one thing. Another has everything to do with my being Catholic. I've spoken to enough people to know that I am not alone in this, right? We're in a situation where we have no mass. We're in a situation where we have no confession. We're in a situation where we have a strained sense of community. And I'll just go out on a limb here and kind of say what everybody's thinking. Zoom or Google Hangout or Google Meets or whatever, whatever it is that you've been using is just not a real substitute. It's not a real adequate replacement for that sense of community that the church is, but, but whatever communities we're part of, you know, even those who, who aren't a member of a church or participate in a faith community, you have a community in some sense, whether big, whether small, right? And, and you know, sharing screens and, you know, webcamming and all this, it's just not 
an adequate replacement, no matter how much we like to pretend that it is. My wife and I were incredibly blessed uh, back right before Easter. For any non-Catholics listening, we have what's called the Paschal Triduum or the Easter Triduum. Triduum for three, try, the three days leading up to Easter, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday before Easter. And it really is one of the most beautiful times of year. As much as I, I love Christmas and as much as I love Easter itself, the buildup to the great celebration of Easter is incredible. The Last Supper, the passion and death of Good Friday, the, the longing and the waiting of Holy Saturday. It's a beautiful thing. And the Catholic Church actually celebrates the three, fe- the three feasts in kind of a three-part liturgy, a three-part worship service. Um, so it's, it's kind of one trilogy, if you will, of readings and prayer and different actions and things we do. And this year, right, we had to celebrate the Triduum over live stream. My wife and I were kind of special, not in the sense that we did anything phenomenal, but the Lord saw fit that we were able to participate in the Triduum Masses at my church. Uh, Me being a staff member, I naturally volunteered, hey, if you know, we needed a, a lector, a reader, or somebody to altar serve, whatever the case may be. Um, and my pastor jumped at the opportunity. And my wife was able to actually come and film. So it was just five of us, our organist, my wife and I, and then our pastor and our deacon uh, going through this most sacred time, right? But of course, we had to maintain distance. We had to, um, you know, we, we, we were still restricted in so many ways, even though we were physically there. Right, And so it was kind of a beautiful encounter with the Lord, but it just still was not the same. Right, I do think there's something to be gained from this whole thing, though. Right, Generally, we all take so many things for granted. I, I think that's abundantly true, right? From our relationships to our everyday hobbies to just being able to move around in different areas. Right, Our entire world kind of came to a stop. And at least for me... I have really had to think about my priorities, right? God willing, whenever we can start getting back to some sense of reopening or some sense of normalcy, I hope that I appreciate things more. I, I really do, right? When it comes to faith, frankly, we've become so accustomed to having unrestricted access to the sacraments that we have maybe begun to undervalue them or to see them just as things we do and we lose sight of kind of the the mystical element, the the transcendent element, the encounter with God, right? I, I know I have, right? These, these things, you know, mass and confession and everything, they become routine. And routines are not a bad thing, of course, right? They should be a part of our routine in the sense that we celebrate them regularly, but there is a real difference between routine and that is kind of an anchor of the week and routines that are merely a part of the week, right? Something that I've really been thinking a lot about recently is when I teach, I love, I love church history of all different ages and circumstances. And I, and I love to read the stories of some of the early missionaries in the church. And what I think is kind of a, a common theme amongst them, right, is that throughout church history, there's always been individual pockets around the world where the faith is not really fully embraced, right? I mean, we see this in, you know, in Japan, 
right, where the government outlawed Christianity. We see this in Elizabethan England, where after the break, right, the Anglican Church was kind of the government-sponsored flavor of Christianity, right? And so Catholicism in particular was not welcomed. Well, it's in this context where you have these Catholic Christians earnestly longing for the sacraments, and you see very heroic people standing up to bring them to these communities. If you've never heard of St. Edmund Campion, right, I encourage you, read his story. If you've never heard of Father John Gerard, I encourage you to read his story. In particular, Father John Gerard, he, uh, there's a, a book called Autobiography of a Hunted Priest. And Father Gerard, his, um, kind of his context was Elizabethan England, and he traveled. And it's incredible to hear these very real accountings of what he went through to bring the sacraments to the faithful. There were these law enforcement agencies, priest hunters, right? And it was, you know, anybody who studied the Underground Railroad here in the United States, right? It was very much this network of people who set up safe houses and set up these this network of transportation to move these priests under the cover of darkness throughout the countryside. And they would celebrate mass in people's houses and it would be raided by these priest hunters and they would have what's called a priest hole, which is legitimately this like hole in the wall. It would be an opening that they would be able to hide in or down in the basement. And they would have people watching, you know, keeping lookout. And if somebody came around, right, who wasn't very much welcome, the priest would be able to stop what they're doing and go hide in these holes. I mean, this, this, is, this is world history. This, this stuff happened. The Jesuit missionaries that went out to Japan, right, being caught and being, you know, if they were able to come home, great, or being just murdered, right? This is, and this isn't meant to kind of highlight, you know, the, you know, kind of the, the, the barbarism of this, you know, kind of government-sponsored hatred towards particular groups, but th this is just a reality that throughout Catholic history, throughout Christian history, there are those who have had to go without sacrament, right? And I think, especially me, somebody who teaches this, right, I really have been so kind of convicted to stop and be like, my goodness, you know, I, I praise these martyrs and I praise these great heroes. And I realize that we're kind of living in our own story, right? I have no doubt that in the future, when people are discussing Christian history or Catholic history, that this time of COVID-19 is going to be mentioned. This is going to find itself in the history books. There are no masses in Rome, right? There are no masses in the Vatican. There are no masses throughout the world. Churches lay empty, right? And when I say masses, I should be clear here, right? Public masses, of course, masses never stop. So long as we have an ordained priesthood, the priests are responsible for celebrating the mass. We, however, are not able to be there to publicly witness and participate, though the mass continues. So the mass can never be halted. It can never be stopped. So long as Christ is working through his priests, the mass, the sacrifice of the mass continues. The sacrifice of Christ continues throughout time. However, there is kind of a veil between what's going on in the Mass and us who are sitting in our living rooms watching it from a screen, right? I, I for one, am missing my Lord in the Eucharist, and I'm missing him in confession. 
right? As much as I know that he is still there, I have come to know him in this intimate way through the sacraments, and I'm struggling now without those sacraments. But I suppose <laughs> there is always hope. At least I've always found hope in whatever has come my way in the past, and perhaps the hope that we can carry in this time is that Jesus promised to be with us always. We see this in Matthew 28, 20. And in that same verse, we also know that Jesus commanded us, his disciples, to bring the good news of him to every corner of the world. Right? So in this time, when all things are heightened, all things are heated, we need to be the one to spread peace. When relationships are strained, and people are lonely, we need to be the ones to spread comfort. When people are struggling with all their financial difficulties, so many small businesses have been closing and people are without work. I know it wasn't that long ago that I read that uh, early on in this whole thing, the New York State in particular, who really was getting hit by the whole COVID thing, right? their unemployment website like crashed. And so many different government websites are just crashing because of the sheer volume of people who are just reaching out and needing this, right? This is a horrific time, right? And so all the more we need to be able to spread support in whatever way we can, right? In this time, when we feel so separated from Jesus, we need to be his hands and feet all the more in the world, right? And I invite everybody listening today to join in that call. Well, my latte is sadly gone, which means that's all for this episode of the Uncurated Catholic Show. I cannot thank you enough for tuning in and listening. Again, you can always reach me at my website, www.torinburke.com. It's T-O-R-I-N-B-O-U-R-K-E. Or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. If you ever have any questions or suggestions for future topics, always feel free to reach out. I'm always down to chat about whatever comes to your heart as well. Make sure you tune in next week, and why don't we part ways with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we know that you are with us in this difficult time. Help us to be your hands and feet in the world. Help us to sow the good, the true, and the beautiful. Grant us the wisdom to act rightly and to speak lovingly. And may all things be used by you for the better. It is in the holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All the best. God love you. We'll see you next week. Benedicimus Domino. Let us bless the Lord. Mm -hmm.